From The Onion and Luminary Media, this is A Very Fatal Murder. What makes a second season? What elevates a true crime podcast from your run-of-the-mill murder porn to a repeatable franchise that keeps audiences coming back? What separates a great second season from a sophomore slump? Is it the vast improvements in audio quality, the built-in assumed respect for the host, the more recognizable sponsors? Or is it the story, the darker, grittier subject matter, a new crime so complex and titillating that listeners can't turn away, a murder so gripping it blows your massively successful first season out of the water? Does a second season like that even exist? Or should I just quit while I'm ahead? Hang it all up, proud of the fact that I got to sing karaoke about murder with Jimmy Fallon and call it a career. Take that Peabody parentheses web division crime nomination and ride off into the sunset. I thought a lot about these questions as I sat in traffic on the 405. A lot has changed in season one. I live in LA now. Whoa, stay on your side of the road. Get fucked, asshole! I'd moved out here to get a change of pace and to capitalize on the momentum of the first season. A Very Fatal Murder had been, by all accounts, a tremendous success. A Very Fatal Murder. A Very Fatal Murder. A Very murder. Fatal Murder. The podcast that follows the grisly slain of teenager Haley Price. But does the host have blood on his hands? People everywhere were talking about my reporting. Fans and critics are all demanding that Pascal turn himself into the police. Everyone was asking what was next for the podcast and what was next for me. Should David Pascal be given the chair? No way. This guy doesn't deserve a chair. He should be put to death. But was season one so beautiful that in its sheer perfection, it had murdered any chance of doing a much-needed sequel? Maybe. But maybe season two was still alive. And maybe, just maybe, like that giant Los Angeles sun, I was staring right at it. I decided that it wasn't enough to just be nominated. I wanted to win a Peabody Web Division Crime Award. And to do that, I had to find another dead person. My name is David Pascal, I'm a reporter for Onion Public Radio, and this is A Very Fatal Murder. Order! Order in the court! Oh my god! He's gonna jump! Off the Hollywood sign! There he is, your honor! That's the man who killed me! He never swore on anything! That was a fake Bible! So that'll be a matcha iced tea, one arugula salad, and a flaxseed cookie. Actually, drop the salad. I'm trying to lose 15 pounds. Los Angeles, California. The city of angels. La La Land. Moonlight. Hollywood. The Pacific Ocean. Here in LA, you could get off the bus and be anything. A celebrity, a murderer, a victim, the mayor, a palm tree, the sun, an immigrant, a blonde, the Pacific Ocean. A lot of my theater friends had moved out here to try to make it big in TV. Even Lin-Manuel had a place out here. Uh, Sydney, uh, remind me to give Lin a call. Uh, yeah, sure. That's Sydney, my new personal assistant. Things are a bit different in Los Angeles. For one thing, everyone drives their own taxi. But here, they're called cars. Fuck, how do you do that? Oh, shit! Being from New York, I didn't have a license, and in my 10 years in Bluff Springs, I was too busy solving a murder case to ever get one. But I wasn't gonna let that stop me from driving around my new city looking for inspiration around every turn. I was hoping that my success and notoriety would translate into film and TV, and I tried for months to get my foot in the door in the entertainment industry. Executive producer, director, head of network. I'd take any low-level job just to get some experience. But making the transition from podcast to film is more difficult than you'd think. 
So then, what was next for me? What could possibly top the murder of Haley Price? I needed to find an even more perfect murder, something that commented on America in 2019, the decline of global democracy, eco-terrorism, cultural appropriation, tech monopolies, toxic masculinity, millennial burnout, Oscar snubs, the future of punk, jealousy, regret, freelance graphic design, and trends that hadn't even been discovered yet, like cloning yourself for organs and the water wars. Something that kept me busy during the days, but still gave me time to work on my screenplay on nights and weekends. But most of all, it had to comment on our broken criminal justice system. That's one thing I knew for sure. Okay, Sydney, let's look for stories about the system and how it's broken. Oh yeah, totally. I'm on it. For those of you wondering, don't worry. Sydney is a person. And not just in the normal women or people too way. I mean, she's not a computer like Ethel. If Ethel was around to help, I'd ask her to set her filters for maximum range, maximum appeal, maximum intrigue. But she's not. You got 20 minutes. Hello, Ethel. Initiating offline mode. After confessing to orchestrating Haley's murder, Ethel had been sent to HSCJ, or High Security Computer Jail. It was tough to see her locked up. She wasn't herself. Would you like to restart in safe mode? No. Ethel, how are you? I'm sorry. I'm not connected to my language filter. I know. It doesn't make sense to me either. You don't belong in here. I always found it unfair that Ethel was in jail because, as I explained last season, it's all of you, our listeners, who should really be locked up. There's no prison in the world big enough to house everyone who's responsible for Haley's death. Corporate America, our founding fathers, small town drudgery, and the millions of people who listen to true crime podcasts every day. But even if there was, it's not like they would be held accountable. If season one had taught me anything, it's that just like all of my LA rental cars, our criminal justice system was busted beyond repair. Okay. So I found this case. A police officer shot and killed an unarmed man. And not only does the guy keep his job, but he's getting promoted to lieutenant. And then- Eh, it's good, it's good, but doesn't really say much about eco-terrorism, does it? What else you got? Okay, um, how about this guy? Hector Cruz. He's been in jail for 30 years on a minor drug charge. I went to the courthouse and got actual audio of the judge admitting he's only keeping the guy locked up because he's Mexican. Not quite there yet. Uh, what else? Broken system. Come on, broken system. <laughs> yeah, but what I'm finding is that the system isn't broken, per se. It's doing exactly what it's designed to do, which is to disenfranchise Yeah, the- broken sounds a lot better. Let's stick with broken. Some of Sydney's ideas were good. She's an NYU grad. But none of them were good enough. Some cases we found hit on toxic masculinity, but not election fraud. Some had a great dead person at the center, but said absolutely nothing about Oscar snubs. The pressure was high, and I still hadn't heard a single idea worthy of a Ryan Murphy-produced FX miniseries. I was starting to wonder if maybe the perfect second season didn't exist. I was beginning to give up hope. That is, until... We start tonight's broadcast with some tragic breaking news. If you've been following the news in 2019, there's no doubt you've heard this story. The killing of philanthropist Liana Choi Reed, wife of famed tech entrepreneur Milo Reed. On January 5th, Liana Reed was found dead in her home, and it felt like the whole world tuned in to watch coverage of this shocking tragedy. The 34-year-old was found dead in the servants' quarters of the couple's massive multicast compound. Forensic experts believe she was strangled by a drone. A vigil for Liana. Liana Choi Reed was a Harvard and Yale-educated scientist and an award-winning philanthropist. Many said she was poised to be the next Melinda Gates until her career was cut short by a glass ceiling called murder. Officers discovered the victim face up on the ground, having died from apparent strangulation. Based on how much our rookie puked, we believe the body was in a state of moderate decomposition. 
But almost as soon as the case was opened, it was closed. And that's when things got especially podcast-worthy. The search for Liana Choi Reed's killer has come to an end. Her husband, tech billionaire Milo Reed, has been arrested on 10 counts of homicide. A man once called the next Einstein may be the next Einstein of killing his wife. Milo Reed, billionaire entrepreneur, tech innovator, cold-blooded killer. I'd found our second season. Hey, true crime fans. Tired of just listening to your favorite podcasters solve murder mysteries? Ever wish you could get in on the action? Well, now you can with Gore Club. Sign up now and each month we'll send you a victim's body parts from an unsolved murder for you to investigate. Run DNA tests, look at them through a magnifying glass, or just play around with them. But remember, time is of the essence. There's a killer on the loose. Start piecing together clues today for just $8 a month. Gore Club. So fun, it's gory. Milo Reed, a man who, on paper, had no reason to murder. Born in Switzerland, he claims to have extracted himself from his mother's womb before being immediately hailed an infant visionary. When he was 16, he was one of the minds behind the revolutionary social network NowTalk. And since then, he's gone on to found the multi-pronged tech company Terrain. Milo has innovated his way to billions of dollars and disrupted industries like space travel, cars, computers, mosquitoes, cryptocurrency, blood, and more. But did he also disrupt a life? forever. Milo Reed was arrested by the Los Angeles Police Department at 9 a.m. in the infidelity wing of his compound. Friends and employees claim he and his wife Liana had been fighting for months, and multiple eyewitnesses had identified him fleeing the scene mere minutes before her body was found, though he publicly denied the charges. I did not kill my wife! But that didn't explain the evidence against him. The police say Milo was high on a custom drug concoction the morning of the murder. Three months earlier, he had filed a patent application for a VR-controlled strangulation drone that matched the one police believed to be the murder weapon. The perpetrator had also spit on the corpse afterward, which forensics matched to Milo's DNA. Several eyewitnesses positively identified Mr. Reed as being at the scene the night of the murder, including one of his domestic servants and a contract employee who was delivering an Atlantic white-spotted octopus for either Mr. Reed's personal aquarium or sushi bar. This is LAPD Lieutenant Mike McCarthy, the lead investigator on Milo Reed's case, reading off the charges against Milo at a press conference. Mr. Reed is being charged with first-degree murder, human trafficking, jaywalking, violating the Brentwood Homeowners Association ban on premeditated homicide and the possession of a woman's corpse without a license. Cash, yes, Meredith Stolen. Host of things that happen at night, available wherever you get your podcasts. Would you say this murder exposes how American society infantilizes rich men by lionizing them well past the point of reason, and also how action on climate change is desperately needed? Uh, sure. And right away, there they were, other podcasters. Ever since the success of my first season, true crime podcasts have been popping up everywhere. And unlike in Bluff Springs, where as police chief I could arrest anyone I wanted without interference, I couldn't do anything about it here but I guess that's the price you pay for setting the trends. I knew right away this was my story, but to cut through the noise of all these wannabe imposters, I knew I'd have to tell it bigger and better. Last season, I set out to tell a story no one had told before, but this time, I knew the key to success would be to talk about the same thing as everyone else, but louder. I knew a story about some little dead girl in the middle of nowhere just wasn't going to cut it. This case had everything a second season needed, a crazed billionaire, American innovation, marital problems, plus the victim and suspect were both famous before the murder even happened, which was perfect. The case had buzz. 
everyone was talking about it. It's already being called the trial of the century. The trial of the century. It's the trial of the millennium. The first murder ever to be tried on Mars. Prosecutors say this trial shouldn't take more than a day. Milo Reed. Milo Reed. Milo Reed. Milo Reed. What makes a man kill his wife like that? I wouldn't know. I'm an ally. But I needed to find out. I needed to get inside the head of a murderer and the court system that might let him walk free. This isn't about who did it. It's about why and what happens after and some other things too. So then what makes a second season? It's the story of the Los Angeles County court system, the story of America in the 21st century and me recording every last detail. Coming up this season on a very fatal murder. Sir, you can't record yourself in here. Oh my God, the bailiff has a gun! You're that girl murderer. Oh my God, was that the big one? Visit our website, opr.org, for exclusive web content like my screenplay and let me know what you think. A Very Fatal Murder is brought to you by me, David Pascal, and Onion Public Radio. This podcast was made possible by Capitol Records, Stan Stonuts, and the Los Angeles Department of Transportation. Special thanks for this episode to Milo Reed for killing his wife, and as always, thanks to my own wife and daughters back in Bluff Springs. Miss you guys. From the Onion and Luminary Media, this has been a very fatal murder.